0: yeah yeah yes, it's gonna be legendary right here man let's get it word my people perish for the lack of knowledge oh, Uh, i'm just here to bring the facts i'm not worried about your feelings yes, it's the way that y'all react it goes way beyond the killings Preach. i can focus on the bad
1: while i keep being the realest Preach. got me looking at the stats trying to find out what the deal is
0: Take a look at DOJ, a murder and what they say, a 52% on homicides,
2: like we ain't taking vacate, that is sad, I don't get it, then you blame it on your payment no it's not,
3: you just eating it, you the problem, just submit it, Man. tired of us going through the cycle.
1: Go try it out, try it out, out.
4: Boo-tad.
1: Boo-tad. Oh, you heard that?
5: I'm curious if it's gonna pick up our voices. Where? On this recording right now.
4: Stay woke.
6: As Stay
5: dope. All right, I'm recording, so let's see here.
7: Thanks, Obama. Welcome back,
1: Good Time Nation. This is your Good Time Culture Podcast. And this show is recorded in the small town that we lovingly call the Mighty, Mighty O-X, otherwise known as Oxnard. And you find out in the central coast of California, I am OG Mutt Dog. And on the other mic, you'll find Hollywood. And together... We are your ancient astronaut theorists of record. And before I end this, this goes out another message to my buddies out in Portland. This might be a big disappointment, and I don't know what's going to happen to all the outdoorsmen. REI. REI is closing all the stores in Portland. They can't make a buck out there. You know what I mean? Everything's just flying out the door, and they're not making any money. All right? So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and before we end this, let me make every one thing very, very clear. That everything, and I mean everything, that we speak about on this show is protected opinion. All right, Hollywood. Yeah,
5: you guys made it through the week. It's another Wednesday. Uh, all glory to God, by the way. Did, Good Times Culture Podcast is back. I am Hollywood. And, um, you know... Uh, I haven't said it for a while, but in case anybody's new, tuning in, this is where nonsense meets reality. It's our weekly show where we kind of talk through the culture and news of the week and usually kind of have a – we have a slant of God, family, and country over here. So if you're looking for that, you're in the right place. How you doing over there?
1: Dude, out of all the places, did you think that REI would pull out of Portland? I thought that would be like their well, birth center. I
5: know. There. Well, it's Whole Foods now, right? Whole Foods, that was their first uh, – no, that was San Francisco. That was their first, uh, like, actual physical site was in San Francisco, and they, you know, closed the store. It's happening everywhere. All in blue states, though. <laughs> blue cities. Dude. You but guys uh, my, see a pattern here?
1: Just stop it real quick. <laughs> do you think that they're allowing this to happen so when it gets closer to the election that this wacko president that we have make call out a martial law or something or try to stop the election or something because – I don't know. It it just seems so chaotic, and as we've had reports about Chicago, that the police department is pretty much saying, you know what, this is what the mayor and the governors are mm-hmm. telling us to do. So I'm, my thoughts are now, what is going? Why are they allowing this to escalate? And it, and it's going on in all these, as we said, blue states, and he's and they're really in our big cities. So I'm curious if this is, are they allowing this to happen? Or it, for them to be able to do some kind of shenanigans mm-hmm. come election.
5: Yeah, I don't know about the election, but I could see them spinning this as, uh, oh, these guys are, uh, you know, they don't uh, support the you know, local population, whatever you want to say it is. Maybe it's a, a racial thing, because I, I know in uh, all, I think there's four Walmarts that are pulling out of Chicago too, and I could see them, Spinning it maybe that way, you know, where it's uh but I don't know. I I heard some report and they were talking about the Walmart, uh Chicago Walmarts, and they said they have never been profitable. They've been open there sixteen years, and those all those stores in Chicago have never turned a profit. Which is really weird to think about. I don't even know how that's possible, but
1: dude, and and the other thing I was making a comment on on Twitter is this totally Kills that whole notion of desert, desert, um, inner city food deserts. All my life through the 80s, through the 90s, yeah, I remember they that. were throwing this big focus about how there was no, there was lack of grocery stores, Nutrition, there was yeah. lacks of, of nutritional food. They could yep. buy processed food and all that. And all these 20 plus years, 30 years of working on this, where you could get fresh produce in the middle of Chicago, in the middle of Los Angeles, in the middle of what they call the concrete jungle. Dude, this just killed that whole that whole thing. And now they want to say, Well, Walmart is creating the food desert. How is Walmart creating the food desert? They tried. They tried to sell food there. And you guys said no. I don't we don't want you here.
5: Well, I, I mean I'm sure they were selling lots of food, but when you got people stealing up to a thousand dollars out of all these blue cities without any ramifications over and over again, I mean, I don't know how long, you know, you can't take that for very long. We're going to get into that whole, uh, Chicago evil this weekend. But you know, if all those 14 year old or kids are running around doing that, I'm sure they're going into Walmarts and just taking whatever they want. I mean, why, you know, (laughs) I mean,
1: There there is no
5: ramifications, right? I don't know. It doesn't seem like there is.
1: We just saw here in the city of Los Angeles them going into a liquor store and the police department just looking the other way, ransacking it. Hmm. But they're picking the stores because there are these people that we know in Los Angeles that they will shoot you if you go into their stores. Hmm. But I believe there has to be a reason this this chaos they're creating Hmm. and the profit that they're going to gain. But what... To me, what's puzzling is how pompous the local politicians of these cities yeah. are about it. Yeah,
5: that is probably you're, the you're bigger losing, story. You're losing
1: yep. businesses there. You're losing jobs. You're losing what, and they're mm-hmm. just blaming the corporations, and none of them are blaming mm-hmm. the people. And you're like, okay, so because none of these politicians are going to open a store, none of these politicians are going to bring business, are going to bring their businesses there because they know Walmart can't make money there. So what exactly are they going to do? What are are they going to do to um, attract anybody there?
5: I don't know, but I I, I would not want to be anywhere near, like I am petrified about running out of stuff here in California, like water and food and all that stuff. But dude, think about Chicago where, you know, you're in this giant metropolitan city, you know, walmart's where you get your food that's like the you know that's the hub of your food source and they've they're closing stores in Chicago <laughs> as quick as they can. that would scare the crap out of me dude so I, I don't know about you guys, but it it feels kind of like there might be a little bit of trouble on the horizon for but, uh for us so juice
1: but it's interesting right when you have a city that doesn't care about it, then you go to Las Vegas that is a literally desert mm-hmm. you see semis daily driving into Las Vegas to deliver food and things like that mm-hmm. They know better not to mess with those grocery stores Otherwise they really would be without food mm-hmm. You know there's nothing locally Produced around Nevada I mean guys they're they're basic What's the old saying they're biting the hands that feeds them
5: Yeah it's a It is a fascinating discussion to think Is this This has got to be the direct result Of the soft crime Policies of the blue cities it's just you know, like you said, is there something else to it than that, you know?
1: Or do you think that these kids are that stupid that they really believe, don't know where milk comes from, where that meat comes from, where those food comes from? Do they think that they could just, because those kids, if you know some? most of them are probably living at home with their daddy or mommy or whatever it is.
5: Dude, they're 14. Yeah, the 13-year-old. Okay, so
1: these kids have no, they don't understand. They're going to go, that those same kids that destroyed everything, are, they think they're going to go home and open their refrigerator because mommy and daddy's got it full of stuff. You know what I mean these kids have no idea. They're not taught like at school when you would t- I remember learning about economics, learning about about history, but economics would teach you how things move around. And these kids are so ignorant. I'm telling you, there's some kids that don't even believe that that you want milk? Well, oh, you just go to the store and buy it. No, no, no. They have to milk a cow for that. I don't know.
5: <laughs> That's true. They don't. Uh
1: okay. Well, first say why we're playing him.
5: This was a crazy week in news and we will get into it. We're going to talk a little bit about the Chicago evil. I got some Elon, I got Bud Light commercials which are awesome, and then I got a little bit of World War 3 stuff on the horizon here. And then I got a whole giant grab bag of weird news and I think uh, Mud Dog has some weird news over there also. But before we get all into that, um I want to remind people we're going to this show is going to be a little bit about all the uh awesome rebels out there that kind of stood up through this uh covid uh strong arming process that happened and uh Eric Clapton was one of them that spoke out against the um Jiby jabs and you know I don't know really what happened to him I know I don't know uh I don't know if he's I'm sure he's still making lots of money I don't know if he's touring or whatever but he ended up uh, losing Feeling, I think, right, and his fingers or something yeah, like that after yeah. the first uh, thing. Job, yeah. And then, uh, but anyway, so in tribute to him, we're gonna play "Forever Man" from Eric Clapton. No, uh, hip hop from Bryson Gray this week. Are we gonna have people all sad?
1: He's getting married. And he's slowing down. A little okay, bit. okay. Okay. Okay.
5: says i'll try to be your forever man
1: (laughs) did you hear that i
5: he goes you'll be my forever woman and i'll try to be uh, your forever man (laughs) oh i like shout
1: out to the last true rocker this guy is living the rocker creed man fighting against the system he's the last one i i i I, as soon as um offspring comes on my pandora i thumbs down it quickly Mm -hmm. metallica comes up thumbs down it quickly as much as I've enjoyed their music over the year, I can't listen to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? What the uh, on purposely? What Offspring is serving at their concerts? What light? Did you hear that on purpose? On purpose. Wow. So I'm just saying, man. These guys, they're not for us anymore. Rock is America, buddy. It's Americana. You know wow. What I mean?
5: uh, okay. Geez. Well, that gets me right into my uh, my. F- My first segment here, Uh, I need to get a little jingle for my weekly podcast roundup, but I do have this. Listening to you along with other podcasts
4: like Tinfoil Hat with Sam Tripoli, uh, JRE, OBDM, Higher Side Chats,
8: My Family Thinks I'm Crazy,
4: and many more, has done so much for me in my amygdala as well as
5: inspiring me to start my own podcast, which I did last year. Good Times Culture Podcast. But uh, I did listen to a ton of podcasts this week, but a couple of them stuck out. For me, in particular, in kind of uh, what you were talking about there, if anybody hasn't listened to Liberty Lockdown, definitely go listen to that guy. He's awesome. But he had um, the drummer that was fired from Offspring. Yep. On. And yep. That was a fascinating interview to hear hear that because that guy's a stud, by the way. Whoever. Dude. I, I don't. I, let me, and the sad part, he actually here. had a
1: medical reason why he couldn't take that shot.
5: Peter th- Pete Parada. Is ah. His but yeah they they basically b s about liberty about the co you know all the stuff that we pretty much talk about on the show It was a great uh podcast kind of uh, insider type info podcast which was really cool They didn't talk about I, the uh the Budweiser being sold on purpose that, at the that, offspring <laughs> concert but
1: that uh, lead singer of theirs has just been such he's such a wuss such a beta <laughs> such a my gosh dude, i It's funny how when you're, uh, these bands that you've been listening to your whole life and you, when you hear words like, um, get a job and stuff where it sounds like, hello, like every man music. And then they come out with this junk of, you know, if you don't take the shot, you can't even come and see our concert. And then what happened after they, they, they banned him. Every member got to COVID. So screw them all. (laughs) He brought
5: that up too. He, He did bring that up that, uh. Uh, management got it. Like all these people got it. Yeah. So uh, screw it, man. Let me see if, uh, let's see here. Oh, okay. My bad. I was going to try to pull this up, but I guess I'm not prepared for that. So the couple other shows I really liked, um, once again, uh, the Corbett report, came out with something that um, I think is kind of right up our alley. It's uh, He kind of gets into, he calls it fifth generational warfare. And what it is, it's it's pretty wild stuff, but it's what we're living through right now where, you know, the first few generations of warfare, you know, is traditional stuff, you know, things we're familiar with, shooting and all that kind of stuff, where the fifth generational warfare, he brings up that, the war is actually in our own minds. So, and how they're doing that is through all these types, of psyop, you know, social conditioning type things where we actually, we actually are, we're like restricting our minds because of what we're hearing. So, um, you know, good examples are, you know, uh, election deniers, you know, any any of these misinformation, disinformation topics uh, that they 're now saying are you know you 're not supposed to talk about that is fifth generational warfare where they actually are or they 're inside your head I, controlling you it 's really fascinating
1: i it 's um interesting that you 're saying that i've been talking about this twitter and and these com and these youtubes and everything how I believe it 's true because they 'll bombard you with stories about whatever side you 're on, and they 'll point out all the victories of that side whether it's the transgender movement or drag shows or anything like that, but they're showing constantly like court cases where, and the con, if you call conservatives who are, if you call the conservatives are the ones who are against drag queen, they seem to show a lot of those shows that they're losing those cases. You know, you're, you're showing all the teachers go up there and say, you know, Hey, they're showing their victories, you know, they, they. you'll see the, I don't know if you saw recently, the our own country's Secretary of Education that was asked four times to give the definition of a woman and yeah. is not able to do it. It's, it's ridiculous.
5: You, you know what I've noticed to get on a tangent here with these hearings? Because there's a bunch of these hearings lately. Um, there was just a crypto one yesterday where these experts are brought in under, you know, perjury issues like you you got to tell the truth bro in front of congress and every single time all of them Mayorkas, the dhs guy with the border the crypto you know Gensler with the crypto stuff uh who's the other they were they were doing something else and they they ask them specific questions and they will not answer them and it's really frustrating because what they're doing is they don't want to define anything because then we can get them so they leave it all vague and open. Oh, I can't define what a woman is. You know, I don't know. Because as soon as, you know, they give their, like, definition or their, uh, you know, then it's it's something that we can grab onto and actually use for, like, you know, an argument or whatever. But what they do is they don't ever give you that uh, <laughs> that definition or that uh, – it's a it's really – crappy way for people to live but that's you know I guess that's what happens when you don't know what you're talking about
1: what do you (laughs) expect when our when our the president of the United States won't give interviews won't talk to anybody Mm -hmm. he's their only reason they're getting the lower the lower half people are getting away with it because he's getting away with it I mean let
5: me see anyways
3: okay here we go this is back to the Corbett stuff The basic idea behind this term, 5GW, is that in the modern era, wars are not fought by armies or guerrillas, but in the minds of common citizens. There are two important things to note about this definition. The first is that fifth generation warfare is not waged against either standing armies of nation states or guerrilla insurgents, but against everyday citizens. The second is that the war is not being fought in a battlefield somewhere, but in the mind. Let's expand the definition somewhat to include the fact that this war is being waged at all levels, not mm-hmm. just the mental. Full the gist of it is this. Fifth generation warfare is an all-out war that is being waged against all of us by our governments and the international organizations to which they belong. It's being waged against each and every one of us right now. And it is a battle for full-spectrum dominance over every single aspect of your life. Your movements and interactions your transactions, even your innermost thoughts and feelings and desires. Governments the world over are working with corporations to leverage technology to control you down to the genomic level, and they will not stop until each and every person who resists them is subdued or eliminated. The most incredible part of all of this is that so few know that the war is even taking place, let alone that they are a combatant in it. Mm. The best way to under... Oh, keep going? Keep going. Right, go for it. It's good stuff. For understand this war is to look at some of the ways that it is being waged against us. I think that that was a good uh, little preface for you guys.
5: If you're not uh, subscribed to CorbettReport.com, you're really kind of failing yourself because this guy is one of the OG conspiracy theorists, if you want to call him that. But he is also one of the most level-headed, um, you know, the most research, you know, best presentation um, really uh, solid uh, info, and he's done this for, you know, 15 years, so he's definitely got so a lot of you, credibility.
1: Let me, let me. Uh, mm-hmm. what I, my thoughts came as I'm listening yeah. to this person in the fifth warfare, me being a, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, mm. I believe that this is, a, then, then the fifth war Interesting. is then the spiritual warfare and the morality warfare, because that's what's being attacked. This, this, it, it, hmm. that's what they're doing mm-hmm. when the drag queens are dancing in front of kids that's a morality warfare mm-hmm. you know now if they're think they're trying to change our thinking that's a spiritual warfare they're actually mm-hmm. ch- trying to change your thought they're openly saying that they're talking to our kids to change their thinking that's a spiritual warfare yep so those are the two battlegrounds that they're doing that is the fifth element and if you read the good book it's just another evolution of, of the book of Revelation just revealing that the end times are coming, but that's what it is. That is that it's, it's just, they're openly saying it, but they're just not calling it spiritual warfare. They're, you know, the best element. Uh, they're trying to explain it in a, as, as the uh, Christian world's called it a secular point of view mm-hmm. without bringing in the spirituality of it, you know, but, it just makes sense. I mean, because you know they they're attacking our kids. Why? Because a twelve-year-old isn't prepared physically to talk to somebody about this. You know, I, I got later on a, a clip of a detransitioner, and it's
5: it's yeah. It's, we should probably cover those
1: because I mean, that one is that, pretty good.
5: That I do get the I really get the feeling sometimes when we're covering this the uh, trans stuff or. Uh, black lives matter or crap or whatever that it, it comes across as us being like, you know, angry or hateful about these subjects. And it's, it's not, you know, if, if you were to present it, like you said, where you had the detransitioned person, we could present that. And then it doesn't, it still gets the same effect of making people aware of mistakes and evil and all that stuff. But we're not, uh, Maybe it wouldn't come across so, uh, <laughs> uh cause that, you know, there's something I, you know, I don't, I don't hate trans people. I, I hate evil.
1: The idea is pretty simple, well, <laughs> you
5: know, like I I, I, I don't hate really anybody. I just hate evil. So I don't hate that. The, if if the, you're, the if first? you're portraying that in your, uh, in your persona, you know, what am I going to do?
1: The, the only, the only reason I, I don't hate it. The person that's a trans person, that's between them and God. But mm-hmm. see, what scares me is that I don't want to be caught up in that Since See, I, I believe spiritually, and I believe that this will bring, I'm sorry, either the wrath of God or whatever punishment to our country. Oh. And that's what I'm worried about.
5: Yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah.
1: It's just, not just that, but they're also like the, the, the Dylan Mulvaney thing that Budweiser sponsored him. I've been hearing this argument from that's Tim Pool about that what they're what Budweiser's really attacking is the underage crowd that's listening to him because the guys mm-hmm. the people who are watching Dylan Madvelli whatever his name is they're like fourteen and twelve year old people
5: mm-hmm. TikTokers
1: so yeah. who is Budweiser trying to get they even said we're setting this for future sales so
5: you, you just you got to be specific though because Budweiser never like sponsored him. Bud Light. or Bud Light, it was a influ- We talked about it. it was an influencer campaign. No, I understand why the people was. voted for Mulvaney. I understand Budweiser what you are saying. Budweiser had nothing to do with it. I mean, but, other but, than but
1: they send them a can with the his hashtag image, Bud Light, and they never said they didn't. They never openly said they didn't. There's other reasons why they're doing it. I mean, that is true. They actually never
5: did openly say, "Hey, this was just a social media no, no, no. Uh, influencer campaign." And and the we other thing. Yeah, the other true.
1: thing to me is, I don't know if you knew, but do you know that Budweiser's ESG score is really low? It's on 19. Hmm. So if, they, if they're an ESG score, if their ESG score doesn't go up, they get no loans. That's what they don't get. Okay. That's what they're holding up. And I, and I went back to see yesterday if their ESG score went up because of this, and it hasn't. It's still flat at 19. But they're told that they have to get that points up because they're like second to last or something like that because of their pass. So what do you think they're doing then? Is it trying to get the ESG score? Do you think it's the other thing I'm talking about? You know, a lot of things. But they did hire him and they're trying to get 12-year-olds and 14-year-olds to drink their beer. (laughs) Uh.
5: That's what they're doing. So the I was given a lot of thought to, uh, you're not going to derail me with your, uh, with your Bud Light talk, buddy. I'm going to stay on this fifth generational warfare thing. It made me think a lot about the, I consider them psyops that have taken place. And I'm sure it's going back farther than this, but I can go all the way back to uh, Trump derangement syndrome. And and when you think of fifth generational warfare, you have to go right off the bat, why? You know, okay, this this could be happening or couldn't be happening, but why are they doing this, right? You know, take us away from God. We've we've kind of established that. But the the big one that I keep coming to is this communist uh move, which is anti family, anti God, and like no borders, you know type of mentality. And when I, I think of that breaking apart the family type of stuff, I, I immediately went to Trump derangement syndrome. Like how many families is that broke up the me too movement? How many families did that break up? Broke up mine, by the way, uh, black lives matter. How many families got broken up because of that of, uh, like, and it's always, it's always this very weird tension where, you want to say something to your family members about it, like, oh, you're wrong about this, but you don't want to because you're scared they're going to get pissed at you about it. So you hold your tongue, and this is what Corbett's talking about, is they're controlling our minds without even trying. And then, and now we've gotten all the way to the trans stuff, which is another one where now, um, you know, if you disagree or just go, eh, I don't know about that, that's immediately, you know, like a, a hate type of thing and so they're getting in our heads again so we're not a lot of people are too scared to even say anything
1: do you oh, you per, to me on that list sounds interesting you, you, think? Think? You, didn't, you didn't add Obama who built the cages uh-huh. and then incarcerated a bunch of Mexican kids inside those cages mm-hmm. and then separated families and then send the parents mm. back to Mexico Dang. and kept the kids here you remember that people to forget no, but that just, Obama was the the, the yeah. biggest deporters of beaners or Mexican excuse me out of the U.S., and we'll forget that he separated the families Yeah, because there was this famous story about a dad trying to return him. He bought a property in Mexico, built a Mm -hmm. house, and the house was spectacular to the standards of Mexico.
5: Tangent. Uh
1: And what happened when he he petitioned to get his kids back? The Obama petition goes, nope, that house in Mexico ain't up to our standards here in the U.S.
5: Tangent. Uh, Still going on right now. Kids are flooding across. Yeah. <sighs>
1: Man. Did you see that big group of, of Chinese uh, immigrants in Venezuela or somewhere down there in South America? Where they're making their way up. And every guy, it looked like a thousand guys. Every guy. China? 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 Whoa. All Chinese men of military age. Wow.
5: I do have a story about that. I really like to stick to my segments here, but that. Really gets me into this one right here. So, That's what I do, just well, I thought you're
1: doing the South Park one about keeping the Mexicans from going back to Mexico.
5: So, this came out this was a month ago. We had a record month, by the way, last month it was a record month in crossings, another record month. But we've covered this before where they go to these border the border areas and they'll find literally piles of Dude, identifications, bands, yeah. right? Identifications. And, uh, and what they, in this, you know, I hope I'm going to be able to pull this up in the right spot here. I did not cue it up right here. Let's oh, see. Okay, let's do remote. I think it's
9: right about here. Sure. There could be more. That's the impact for, for Yuma sector border patrol, which is either the second or third smallest border patrol sector in the whole. Better mm, fast forward, guys. There. So, so they get off at the airport, Mexicali. Take the Uber bus, cab. Get, get off at
0: the airport.
9: Yeah, they all fly into Mexicali. Everybody so, that's coming here is flying in. They're not doing the long, hard journey no, through the country. No, none of these folks are doing that. They're flying in. Some of these countries, they have to manipulate airports according to whether or not that country requires a visa some of the Russians were going out through Dubai and and other countries to make it all the way into Cabo. They'd spend a couple weeks in Cabo and then they would fly into Mexico City, then into Mexicali. So all these different 140 plus countries, they're all educated enough to figure out how to get from airport to airport to airport. So 310,000 have crossed this area of the river corridor from here between here and about eight miles. You guys down here, were putting storage containers, right? Right. The governor. To, to block
5: so uh, this video is pretty long. This is Peter Santanello, and this is on Rumble. S-A-N-T-E-N-E-L-L-O. And, uh, but basically, they do the same thing. They walk around and for a half hour, pick up uh, every, just about every currency you could find. So like anytime they'd have money still on them when they get to the border, these people, they drop their ID and their cell phone and all their currency and all everything, drop everything. And these guys are walking through and they're, like you said, there's uh you know, every nationality you can think of is coming through right now on the Southern Southern border. It's not, you know, this is the the funniest thing with Americans is we just, for some reason, I guess we just visualize that it's just like Mexicans or, uh, Haitians or whatever, dude, it's like everybody's coming in through the southern border right now.
1: Have you seen the Muslim people in, in England that they were trying to cross the road and they couldn't cross because it's a, a major highway? They start throwing boulders onto the road, and they start throwing rocks and boulders on the road so the traffic can't go through, so these migrants can pass by, and there's no one there stopping them. Wow, no one's stopping them. And if I got a clip, if you want me, it's it's our senator, Congressman uh, Clay Higgins cross examining. Um, uh, Mayor May Are you, you ready for that? Yeah. Or you got something you want to go? No, go, first?
5: go, go.
10: Mr. Chairman, I yield. Uh, Sorry about that. Here it comes. Graveyards filled from sea to shining sea with the bodies of American sons and daughters dead from fentanyl you've brought generational trauma upon our country. I believe history will witness your era of service as a transitional time in our country. What was America like before Secretary Mayorkas and what was America like after him? It's stunning that you could sit there and and smugly grin, as if you've not miserably failed your country. Mm -hmm. We could give you money to, to hire a thousand new border agents. Nobody wants to work for you. They're coming forth. We can't keep up with the whistleblowers that are coming to testify against your command. We could give you money to deploy all sorts of new technology. I have evidence in my file that you've given command to not deploy technology that you currently have because it interfered with the cartel's business model. Ooh. We're done, done, done with your lies to America. It's shameful what you brought upon our country. Mr. The Mr. Chairman, Chair. I have no interest in asking the secretary any questions. The obfuscates and lies. Mr. Chairman. Mm-hmm. Whoa!
5: Yeah, that I could just see that Mayorkas guy just like the shit-eating grin on his I, face, bald head.
1: No, and then he'll answer back, "Well, sir, I find what you're saying disgusting. I have tried," and he's like, "Dude, you have,
5: yeah." What was it? Not a record influx of. Illegal immigrants this month, Mayorkas?
1: No, no, no. I mean, that's not. all
5: you got to ask him. Uh, uh, yeah. I, uh, so you're getting worse at your job? <laughs> like, it's pretty simple. Yeah. No, It of seems. Course. I mean, we're already we're on board with it. It's all by design. All right, obviously. brother. What's next? Uh, I want to finish up my podcast list and then we can move on to news
1: of the week. God, why? The Good Time Culture Podcast is the only thing people need to be listening to. I'm, Make sure you tell people trying. about the show. Trying Follow to provide value here, buddy. And subscribe to the show, the Good Time Culture Podcast show, okay? Tell a friend. Yeah,
5: but these are way better shows than ours, so. Dude. I'm honest with myself.
1: I think I'm going to take this guy off the show because we don't need uh, negative weight I'm, I'm, on our show.
5: I guess I'm the only genuine one on the show here. So now,
1: I genuinely like our show.
5: <laughs> but uh, this, uh, it's called Danny, her name's Danny Katz, K-A-T-Z, and she was on freeman tv i
1: ain't no listening to no jewish person speaking bro whoa
5: whoa uh that's that's my bit get off my bit dude the uh, hats the hats <laughs> tiny hats <laughs> get it right dude come on you rookie uh you're not even a good anti-semite what's anyway, wrong with you i'm
1: learning i'm learning
5: <laughs> but uh she uh she was on freeman uh the free zone with uh freeman fly very good podcast. This guy's old school, uh, conspiracy theorist, but her angle, and I really liked it cause I got a little 12 year old that is entering the world of, uh, propaganda that's coming up, but she basically runs seminars and like classes on how to, uh, navigate propaganda in the modern world, you know, through social media and all that kind of stuff. And she brings up how, uh, you know she started the her you know started this counseling thing for adults to kind of try to help them you know it's it's very oh, much wow. no it's very no agenda you know like uh, you know a uh, media assassin type stuff and uh and, and in fact Adam Curry's uh got a thing in the back of the book like he gave like a little like oh. I really like this book and she yeah. put it in there so she's she's definitely on board with no agenda and all that stuff but uh, she brings up how <laughs> she tried to do it with adults and and they're the conditioning of adults is too rigid. Like we can't, once we're in a mindset, we're stuck. We're kind of, it's very rare that they can, we, someone could change your mind from what you've been propagandized to, but she, and then she decided, oh, I need to go to the teenagers. So she does these seminars for specific, specifically for teenagers to kind of navigate through, uh, you know, the social media pressure and all that kind of stuff. It was For me, for, like, having a 12-year-old daughter that's kind of coming into all that, it really made me think that it'd be a good – there's a book. She's got a book, too. I should probably get the book name. But uh, Danny Katz, D-A-N-I-K-A-T-Z.
11: Fauci is, you know, watching this LBGTQRSTUV community – Um, gather around, you know, this mainstream narrative of what's going on. And it's like, wait, don't you remember AIDS? Like, we were alive when that happened. So why would you give any credence or allegiance or confidence in this murderer who killed countless, you know, how many people with AZT that he profited on? I mean, not to mention PEPFAR, which he set up as the government's money laundering Arm under Clinton, and they have like
5: oh my you know, bad, uh, Fauci. Oh,
11: millions of dollars annoying, unaccounted bro. for, and you can annoying. see videos of Fauci uh, bragging about he was the one. She sounds who's like she's got a big PEP, nose. PEPFAR, Something. which is the only government <laughs> program that is somehow immune to audit right when they when head. they when there's so much money missing through PEPFAR. I mean, this guy's evil to the core. But then you have you know the people who are at the forefront of the health freedom movement, calling out Fauci and doing all this great work for that one tiny narrative and that one off, yeah. which you and I know all too well, is part of a much larger, more nefarious plan. But because of you know the the important truths that they're speaking about that, now they're getting passes on a lot of like
5: that's cra- that's a crappy uh, clip. Sorry, guys. Well. Uh but uh you know we got to be careful in this world guys cuz there's a lot of propaganda out there so that's all I'm going to say. Amy um let me get out of my, here.
1: My British girl one here quick.
5: Oh yeah, that'll fit in. Let me turn you at
2: the time up. they had lots of information available lots of people, lots of experts were warning them and saying that lockdowns are not mm. going to work, and they completely ignored that advice yeah and, and it you could not have think that, that was maybe a pressure from the people though because I know there was it was quite popular people were like why aren't they locking? us that like what, but the, what the majority we c- actually were against lockdowns yeah we,
7: get, we, get, so we we're getting told off because we're gonna, we're running out of time <laughs> My
2: next nominee is um, Bill Gates. So, why, yeah. so this is Obviously why like- I wouldn't want to be stuck on a desert island with these people. Because I, I believe they are psychopaths. Right. <laughs> I oh, believe man. that they so are scary. completely run by money. You know, they're Multi billionaire.
7: But, but, you, you, I thought, I thought Bill, I thought Bill Gates when he came up with the idea of microchipping people, <laughs> it was literally the worst idea I'd ever heard in my do, life. Do you... However, however, uh, is I just thought about that—that that this is somebody who is a geek who doesn't have enough social skills and actually wasn't I've evil to suggest so it. it was just, he was just—he just didn't literally conceptualise like why that was an awful idea.
2: I don't believe he's that stupid. Okay, I think he's an incredibly intelligent man, and he uses it in a very evil way. He is also helping to push the whole um, New World Order on us. He's trying to control our meat consumption. He's trying to say that we have to eat synthetic meat and bugs in order to stop climate change and global warming. I believe that this is just a cover-up for the real reason why he wants us to do this. I think you, it's I'm so, I'm so, I'm just I don't think there's anything wrong with being driven by money, though, being driven by profit. I get what you mean, but I think that there, there comes a certain point where it becomes just pure evil. Um, and I think I mean he's killed thousands of children in India and Africa um, through, in uh, through how through experimenting oh with gosh, medical interventions, including the HPV vaccine. Um, the first round of that <laughs> vaccine, the, you know, the first trial. Yeah, of look, I, I, think, killed I think I think, thousands I, of I, think it's, I think
7: it's important to say that he hasn't personally killed anyone. Yeah. I mean,
2: that was that was his experiment that he conducted. Yeah. So he um, he I think he did, and also he yeah who is responsible? because banned he killed so India. many Douchebag. children in India. He's been banned from there. He bans
5: from the country? Yeah, he's not allowed bans. to fly to India anymore. Yep. Dang, huh? There's uh, it, I can't, There's a bunch of countries in Africa, same thing.
1: She has a website called Loth Island, and she's pretty much talking about this. Do you
5: know her name? We should. I, I couldn't get her
1: name, I forgot, but her Loth Island is her, her... Loth? Loth Island, and it's this whole thing about who... It's like a paper she came out with, like who and why, who she wanted if she was stuck on an island like these intellects and who would she yeah. invite? And she was, and they asked her about this because yeah, I wouldn't invite these people because they're crazy. And it's like, yep. Yep. It, it, it was interesting. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and you see, as you said, the pushback from the host on it, on that, because remember, this is BBC. This is, uh, what did, uh, what did, uh, 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 Elon Musk call these guys? Uh, 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 what did he, what did he called? He called lately the BBC, the Canadian broadcast. Oh yeah, uh, the, state sponsored. State sponsored. Uh, the uh, the uh, Australian thank, BC and thank all you, these. Elon. De- yeah. De- and finally, finally, he got NPR. Yeah. Oh man, I. It was hard. It was so difficult to get Hollywood off NPR. <laughs> it was so difficult to get them off NPR.
5: You know what's funny is this podcast. Pretty much like the fire in me started because of my anger at NPR. Like I, every morning I'd get so mad at what they the like the anti-American like hate that they had that every morning I'd go over to Daria, "Can't believe what they're saying on NPR." And then we'd start going back and forth and we we got to talk, we got to get a podcast going, talk about this. And uh yeah, anyway, here we yeah, are 2 man. years yep. later. Yep. yep. But uh yeah, we do um yeah, NPR raged quit uh Twitter. Let's go check that out. Awesome. I don't know where I have it here. Yeah, NPR says it's leaving Twitter oh. because they got labeled a state-affiliated media.
1: You mean because they get thirty percent of their their money? And PBS did the same thing.
5: PBS got labeled. Uh, C was it the C the, the Canadian, Canadian Broadcasting Company? The BBC. The
1: yeah. The Australian Broadcasting Company, which is ABC.
5: uh, Yeah, Australian ABC.
1: And the New Zealand Broadcasting Company.
5: And um, I think everybody's probably already heard the interview with Elon and that BBC reporter.
1: Dude, it was was, everywhere. That was awesome. It was just like, (laughs) sir, I call you a liar. That was so bad. You're lying. lying. (laughs) so awesome. I mean, you're talking about hate and you can't give me an example? It was
5: so well done. it's a, it's a tough one, you guys. Oh, and you didn't
1: think you were going to get interviewed? Huh? <laughs> you thought you were going to get interviewed. It was just like.
5: <laughs> no, I'm interviewing you. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
5: it's a tough one with Elon, though, because we talked about it on in Halloween. He dressed as like Satan's like right hand man, whatever it is. You know, so you. I don't know, man. I I, think he's a tough guy he's to figure taking out. a
1: playbook from uh, Donald Trump in a way. Because mm-hmm. what I liked about his thing is that his idea, even though we know he blocks people, is that he loves this argument.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: He loves to get, he, he said about Twitter, he goes, he thinks it should be a wild west. And he goes, if you can't hang, then don't get on Twitter.
5: Mm-hmm. Pretty
1: much is what he says. If you don't want, if you can't hang, get off it. Mm-hmm. Okay, get off it, dude. Because this is, it's like his way of escaping. I mean, I don't know who this is, but wow. Did you uh,
5: catch the Tucker Carlson interview with him? No. That was worth it. I would definitely go oh, check man, it out. I'll maybe check it out then. It's like a half-hour interview. Uh, I'm starting to get a little bitter on Tucker, though, but at least uh, the, the convo is interesting because uh, Elon talks about how he basically was sleeping over like you know, all the high-end tech guys when back in the day they'd all basically crash and write code and do all this stuff and party kind of thing. And he said he used to hang out with the the Google CEO, now I can't remember his name. Whoa. But uh he they were they were basically and I'm assuming you know partying talking about AI. You know, they were, you know, kind of riffing back and forth. And uh Elon says in that interview with Tucker that when he was talking to the Google guy, he basically said, No, we want to make we want to make a God. That's what that's what our intention is, you know, a type of thing. And Elon's like, what? What are you talking about? That sounds in, because they were kind of talking about the uh, chat GPT and all the AI stuff. But uh, that Google guy sounded a little bit uh, and, suspicious. And, and <laughs>
1: if you want to see what Bill Gates' work ethic was like, just look at Microsoft uh, a couple years ago, how a madam from Seattle brought up how she would provide Uh, prostitutes to the that overnight workforce they used to stay at Microsoft and brain Mm. search stormed ideas Mm -hmm. and they would stay at their rooms I mean I don't get you guys can look it up but Microsoft did a good job trying to cover trying to brush it under the rug Mm. but um, there was remember and that little black book never came out either
5: Yeah, there's a lot of little black books that aren't coming out. (laughs) Well. So I'm hoping that Elon isn't doing the same. We just kind of flew through that uh, Elon stuff.
1: Dude, I've got... What else? We got some Elon? I've been trying to avoid the Elon stuff because it was... I I felt like it was low-hanging fruit.
5: Yeah, I just... For me, you know, we're we're trying to stay in this... uh, This kind of lane of culture and... uh, spiritual warfare and all this kind of stuff. And I feel like every, just about every week, this guy is pushing up against those subjects. And, you know, makes me kind of, we talked about it last week, makes me kind of wonder if, you know, uh, he's got some sort of AI that's kind of telling him to do these type of things, but he he seems to say the right things a lot. And that's the thing that I'm just like, man, how's this guy my, getting it right so much?
1: My question is starting to come up is I don't know if you heard what's happening out in great Britain. The Prime Minister out there and how he is a philanderous investment of billions of pounds and where he's invested in it. Um, This this clip has nothing to do with where he invested. it. It's just that where these elitists are investing and where they're making money. So let me just play this real quick.
8: Our Prime Minister co-founded a hedge fund called Thalim, and no one's talking about it. Thalim invested, in the last few years, one billion pounds in Moderna shares. Rishi Sunak said he has put all his assets into a blind trust. He has refused, and The Guardian was the last newspaper to report on this in November 2020. At that point, he refused to say whether he holds assets in Thalim and therefore in Moderna. Mm-hmm. So
11: that man came out in front of 10 Downing Street. As
8: our prime minister said, accountability, you know, transparency, all of this. If you are true to your word, Rishi Sunak, tell us, do you own, through Thalim or any other means, shares in Moderna? Because if you do, are we now talking about insider trade? We just want... Huh.
1: No one's talking about this, bro. And how many other pe- politicians are these people in politics? They all,
4: they
5: all. We know about trade. it, yeah.
4: But
1: they can't.
5: Isn't that like the? Isn't that the bennies of being in the government? Is you get all those little kickbacks? <laughs> Hence, why they pushed uh, no, no but, Pfizer all day long sponsored by it, Pfizer. It, it makes
1: sense, doesn't it? I mean, because it just and now that there's no more money in there and everyone's jumping ship, now you have the CDC the head of the CDC came out today telling you that people who have had the vaccine are actually infecting other people
5: hmm.
1: out of the her own mouth. And they now, drink Bud Light. And I'm not, again, it's not about the COVID. It's about the interest that were behind it.
6: Mm-hmm. 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 Duh. Winning.
1: Uh- <laughs> That's why everyone ignore those other podcasts. We are the best podcasts in the world. It's the Good Time Culture Podcast. Make sure you tell a friend.
4: But life presents <laughs> real men of genius. Real. Today we salute you, Mr. Silent Killer Gas Passer. <laughs> Last night you had the enchilada combo platter. This morning, the three-cheese omelet with broccoli. This afternoon, you're a ticking time bomb. Because of you, a simple elevator ride is suddenly a 42-floor plummet into the very bowels of hell. Did it? Uh, uh, uh. who cares sweet mercy please just someone light a match sweet, sweet so crack open an icicle
5: <laughs> i don't want to say the
4: word so but this is what it- and while you're at it crack open a window <laughs> <laughs> i i i've it,
1: hated this beer my whole entire life but Dude, I used to like those commercials. The
5: commercial, I got like so many of them. I'm going to I'm going to keep cutting the the actual Bud Light part out just so we're well, not Well, you just said just, it. Well, I don't mind saying it. But I just don't want people to be like, "Oh, it's such a funny commercial. I want to go get a Bud Light." But uh I guess you can go do
1: whatever you want. It is the official beer of the Joe Rogan show, cuz you guys didn't know. Is it? That-
4: This Memorial Day, we salute you, Mr. Gasoline Barbecue Starter.
8: Mr. Gasoline
4: Barbecue Starter. Never mind charcoal chimneys and easy lighting briquettes. The only way to start a real barbecue is with a gallon of 93 octane and a big book of matches. Light up the sky. Who needs eyebrows? You're hungry, and you've got seven pounds of lamb shanks ready to go. That's a lot of goodbye. You don't just <laughs> yeah. defy convention, you defy warning labels and common sense. So crack open a nice cold bottle, Prince of the Pyrotechnics, because no one makes a backyard mushroom cloud like you. <laughs> I thought they were in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: I haven't heard this one yet either. I hope this one's good.
4: Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Push Up Bra inventor. Mr. Push Up Bra inventor. <laughs> Never before has one man done so much with so little. on <laughs> high. From mosquito bites, pimples, and pancakes to melons, mountains, and major league yabos. An engineering feat so brilliant it can only be described as va 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 boom. Thanks to you, even a 90-year-old. Bro, uh, friend, th- what what
1: happened to this uh, so funny. Ad executive that knew who Dude. bought but who bought their beer? I hope Who knew exactly what was and why don't they see they what, where, their, where their sales were at that time and what made them the biggest beer commercial? And now you have the person going against it. Dude. Uh, how
5: far we've fallen, you guys. Dude. Dude. Oh, uh, man. Dude, this is so freaking funny. And, like, uh,
1: dude, they're talking about, like, mosquito. And, no, no, no. And what's cool is that it's actually how the dudes talk. Uh, like the fire, the barbecue. Come uh, on, dude. Man, Who hasn't have a mushroom cloud in the yeah. backyard at least once?
5: Yeah, I went through pretty much all the Bud and Bud Light, the old eighties commercials. And dude, I don't know if there's a bad one. They're all just literally dude, roll out, rolling. I, I think I
1: think the NFL made that Ugh. beer company make their stupid commercials now all lame because. No one talked about the game anymore. Yeah, Even even the women that would go to the game, to the Super Bowl party, for example. You're right. They weren't there to yeah. watch the game. They were everybody. While the guys went outside to have a smoke or whatever, while there was commercials, the women and the, and the guys that wanted to see the, the funny would sit there and watch the commercials because they were good. Like I tell you about that Honda one where the, he's bringing that, her, his girlfriend into the car and he puts it in there and then she rips one. He comes around and he goes, oh, I don't know if you saw Dave and, and Samantha in the back. And it was funny, dude. She's like, what?
5: And it's probably, it was like, uh, it's so roomy and luxurious. You don't know there's people back there or something. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Oh, my goodness.
5: So to stay on the uh, Bud Light stuff, did you hear about this one?
1: Oh, they're losing a kind of money. Dude, if we lost $6 billion, how and I, we would probably jump off buildings. I don't know. Yeah.
5: Uh, they got a two hundred billion dollar market share, so seven billion is not really that big of a deal for them. But, uh, but Ga- Gateway Pundits reporting this: Anheuser busch CEO was a former CIA recruitment specialist.
1: Oh, they've been that's been all for about seven years.
5: Um, yeah, Brendan Whitworth. He? Uh, and you know this is not a one-off because when Elon took over Twitter. Their number one, you know, attorney, you know, uh, on-staff attorney was an FBI, uh, ex-FBI guy.
1: They had offices. There's mm. a story about I forgot which one of the FBI agents in there while he was having to meet. Yes, they had offices in these places.
5: And uh, if you look, he was also a senior director of sales for Pepsi, PepsiCo.
1: Dude, they all seem to swarm around the same circles.
5: Yeah, and, you know, it's funny how they always make it to the very top, too, these intelligence agents.
1: But hmm. I, I would bring in this whole thing. Just this a coincidence, other, this other probably. Thing. Have a- you noticed that none of them are founders of their company? Because a founder wouldn't allow that to happen. A founder of a company has a lot at stake, you know, cause they would say, hey, 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 these are the, our customers. You don't go after this but they're all people who are taking over these supposedly iconic companies where none of the original people are around. Mm-hmm. And the, none of these CEOs have started a company and made a success out of it, but yet they're giving the reign of a, an ultimately successful company, and then they crush it. I mean, yeah, you're seeing it time and time again.
5: You know, if you were uh, a giant giant corporation like you know multi you know a national you know you're everywhere at once type of thing you're gonna want some uh some agents in your uh boardroom i think that would be pretty uh helpful <laughs> in certain situations i don't know if that's what's going on guys i'm, like I'm a, reaching there
1: the but. example i want to give from the, like the founder like disney people didn't know that he smoked cigarettes He he was a chain smoker but he was so worried about the image of the company that he made sure no one knew about it because the, the image of the company. He knew who his customers were. I think that's the issue with a lot of these companies that none of these people have any skin in the game. If mm. they if they get resigned, they'll still get their money because it's usually in their contract that they'll still get their severance pay or whatever it is.
2: Mm.
5: Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's definitely we've talked about it before there's a a very clear uh it's very obvious that the profit is not really the intention. You know that they're they're trying to push culture into a direction is what the intention is to me. Uh you know Maybe that's just kind of where I'm at because I'm looking for culture war everywhere. I'm looking hold, for a fight. Hold on, Hollywood, before <laughs> we change that,
1: what's bringing into the conversation to me is I didn't understand. We were talking about ESG, and what ESG ultimately is that if your score is low, then they're not going to they're not going to lend you money cheap. Okay, it's all about if you're not scoring well and how the international bank is going to lend money to you or not. Because again, these companies. Even if they're making money, they're so greedy, they still want to borrow money. Because if they can borrow money cheap, there's a thinking about it, how then you can invest that money into something else and make more money. So that's what it is because they're not playing with house money. Remember, they want to play with other people's money. And then when everything goes wrong, here we come again, and then we give them more of our money.
5: But you know, I think I, there's there's some something to do with stock buying too with that ESG you know, because the Black Rocks are in charge of purchasing your stock, right, for four hundred and one k people. So, if you're low, you know, if you're not on the good list with Black Rock and your ESG score, you know, maybe they don't, you know, buy as much. Of your, that's what I always thought. I mean, I know there's probably some sort of loan. Well, that's uh, benefits what I heard to the, ESG. Just
1: recently. That it was. I could see is that. There, is there? It's like a credit score. Mm-hmm. And so, if they see, like I said, Budweiser's ESG score was low. Mm-hmm. It's at nineteen. Mm. You see other companies are at 34, 38, and depending where you're swimming, it's a social score.
5: What's the highest score? I'm curious. I
1: forgot what it was, man. You can look it up right now. It oh. shows you the wonder whole what,
5: status. I wonder what you want to is. You
1: want to go into something else, bro? Because this is going to take a while. I thought we had a lot of clips.
5: Oh, I, no. All I, right. We're keep going to uh,
1: keep to. I have to, to keep Hollywood Today on track.
5: Oh, no. We're we're cruising, dude. All right. Kicking butt here. Uh, now I got some uh,
1: World War Three stuff this up. hasn't happened yet. yet. It's a long video, but stop playing this because then I'm going to have to go back home and watch this stupid
5: movie. The only way way to win is not to play.
7: (laughs) Claiming that the U.S. and Russia are now in a hot phase and implores the U.S.
5: Sorry. Uh, Lavrov says Russia and U.S. are in a hot phase of war now. Uh, this was just recently he stated that.
7: To resume some kind of dialogue, but NATO is not interested in peace talks. The U.K. is sending depleted uranium, and the U.S. is continuing its BioLabs program in Ukraine. The largest military air it's exercise a great video, by the way. in NATO history is scheduled for this summer. They have to call it an exercise. Otherwise, NATO would have to admit that they are with Russia. Starting next month, thousands of NATO troops will create a united front in Europe against Russia. I told you Russia. about this, brother.
1: And you the told U.S.
7: You. has been exposed I told
1: you about NATO, and now there's other countries sending their soldiers to fight with NATO. And we've heard reports where our scumbag president is sending people there without congressional no, order.
5: No, be- There is uh, consultants and special ops dudes there, for sure. But it still stands that as soon as NATO enters Ukraine, like, that's, that all bets are off at that point. So, like, they can if they want. I'm not saying it can't happen, but if that does, then that's just, you know, Russia has the full green light at that point because you're, you know, that's a hostile force, you know, entering into a neutral zone, basically.
1: And since China really has the manufacturing and they seem to be aligned with, with Russia, or does Russia have, does China have an interest of yeah, Ukraine? Guy,
5: in, he breaks it all down. All Just right. listen, buddy.
7: new pipeline and America's facade of a moral high ground is quickly fading. The Pentagon leaks say that Ukraine is losing. Both sides have threatened the nuclear option, and the Ukrainians have already attacked a nuclear power plant we are one desperate action away from a nuclear war with russia yep china is now simulating precision strikes on key targets on taiwan and the moment they invade the u.s will go to war with china the uniparty and the media have been focusing on china for several weeks now and u.s senator lindsey graham is already prepared to start sending troops but the Department of Defense is warning that the U.S. doesn't have enough munitions to fight China. The millions of rounds of ammunition that the U.S. has sent to Ukraine has...
5: This is Anonymous Official uh, on YouTube. Um, that This breakdown, I want to keep it going, but you can, if you uh, want to cut in at any point, you can. But this is like a eight-minute long video, but dude, it literally breaks it all down and... know i couldn't have said it more succinctly myself so that's why i'm allowing such a long clip
7: has drained stockpiles which will take years to replenish making it an opportune moment for the ccp to invade days after xi jinping brokers a peace deal between iran and saudi arabia rocket attacks are launched at israel from multiple locations last week in response israel launched attacks against lebanon gaza and Syrian military targets. The Jerusalem Post is calling it a multi-front Middle East war against Israel and claim that Iran is behind the attacks. Israel has been calling up battalions of reservists. The Iranians are reportedly preparing to attack Israeli ships sailing through the Persian Gulf and the Arabian Sea. Last week, the U.S. deployed a submarine with a Tomahawk missile payload to support Israel. If Israel goes to war with Iran, the U.S. will be involved. The U.S. is looking at three different theaters of war. They've already depleted their munitions in their losing proxy war with Russia. And they've depleted their military with clot shots. Meanwhile, the Bank for International Settlements, or BIS, is preparing for a one-world digital currency. The BIS was created in 1930 to centralize the central banks. Project Icebreaker is the BIS plan to control all international transactions between central bank digital currencies, similar to what Fed now is planning to do in America on the national level. The decisions being made by the big banks for the economic reset are hugely unpopular with the awakening masses. But these criminal big banks have three catastrophic wars to launch as smokescreens while they eliminate their opposition and write the history books of tomorrow. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Seymour Hersh, relying on unnamed national security sources, recently published an article on his substack about the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines. Two pipelines, known as Nord Stream 1, provided Western Europe with cheap Russian gas for more than a decade. These pipelines were seen by NATO as a threat to Western dominance. Profits were shared with the Russian government and provided up to 45% of their annual budget. A second pair, called Nord Stream 2, had been built but were not yet operational. Check out Seymour Hirsch's Substack, guys. And to Nord Stream 2.
8: If Russia invades Ukraine,
11: one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move
8: forward. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine again. Then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a North Stream two.
7: According to the source, this public announcement meant that blowing up the pipeline no longer could be considered a covert option, and that there was no longer a legal requirement to report their plans to Congress. The Americans partnered with Norway, who had their own motivations for the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines, which would allow them to sell more of their own natural gas to Europe. In March of 2022, members of the team flew to Norway to meet with the Norwegian Secret Service. The Norwegian Navy decided on a spot in the shallow waters of the Baltic Sea, a few miles off Denmark's Bornholm Island.
5: I didn't realize... uh... I, I N- uh, Norway was so involved.
7: I I don't know.
1: I'm hearing this, and maybe what I was telling you earlier, then this must be true. Then, right? I mean, hold on. Can I play it?
6: Mm-hmm. If you knew, who, if you knew, if you knew who was really behind Bitcoin, really behind Bitcoin, you would run as fast as you fucking could to sell it.
5: This guy sounds like a douchebag. I know already.
6: Hundred percent. If you knew who owned Bitcoin or who started Bitcoin, you and you had Bitcoin, you couldn't sleep at night. I know. I like Putin. Hundred percent. The fuck. And when the real founder of Bitcoin comes out, it is my humble opinion and there's nothing humble about me, Bitcoin will go to fucking zero.
5: Wow, emotional much? One day, buddy.
1: He's a billionaire, so I don't know. Who is that guy? Dan Pena. Okay, what a douchebag. If you knew. I know. You, really I, know, I, know I mean, anybody who preaches against the mighty, mighty Bitcoin. Although
5: he never he never said the name.
1: Well, no, he's, I was about to go to that oh, video, okay. but okay. I, I, I saw that it was bothering you. But it goes with what this narrative is. He's saying... That is the Russian yeah. government and Putin that is the creator of the Bitcoin. So this narrative that he's speaking about, this mm. one that you just played mm-hmm. right now, fits in with mm-hmm. that narrative. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it, I agree you know, or not, but it fits with the narrative. You know
5: what it fits into? Uh mm. fits in a good narrative is to shit on Bitcoin. You know, because if you if you support Bitcoin, you support Putin. You know, like well, that type of thing because that's what they've been doing they've been doing that all along like you can't you can't uh, do business with Russia you know you can't uh and that they're kind of it's like this uh you know oh you should feel ashamed <laughs> for doing business with Russians it's like screw off dude do well, business with whoever I freaking want to do business with
1: can, can I play another clip real who do with, you think
5: wait. who does the, who does the US government think they go. are Here we anyway go. Here it's ridiculous.
1: Give me a chance. This is a guy you have respect for. so.
5: Weaponized dollars. This is what happens in weaponized
6: dollars. 500 and gold
7: are comparable.
6: You know, we, we all look at that and we think about investments. How do we protect our wealth? And, and that is important because that's how do I live? But uh, ultimately, if you look at all those different investments that we have that we can here. do, uh, actually, the only thing that's going to be important to us is if we have our freedom. Because, because the, what did Roosevelt do? He, within one announcement, a month after he was in office, he took all the gold in
4: by force. Yeah, it confiscated yeah. the gold. There was gold confiscation in the United States. Many people don't even know about. And this, nobody
6: but- owned. Nobody in the United States was a lot of owned gold from 1933 up till 1975, and that was, that was when I was trying to get gold legalized. You know, and that's a long time. So that's uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, but I think one of the most important.
1: I didn't know that. So the, our freedom, because if we're in jail, what good is Bitcoin? What's good as anything? We can't use it. We can't have access to it. But our freedom is what's going to determine all those things. Because I didn't know that. I didn't know that Roosevelt confiscated all the gold. You weren't; it was illegal for you to have gold. We've, dude, we've talked about this. Well, I before. guess I didn't remember about they, it.
5: They, uh, they basically, this was they they presented to the American people because gold was the way people retired. You save a
1: year after this man was in office, was Roosevelt. Remember, he was in office for nine years. So, okay, I'm sorry, go for it.
5: But, uh, uh, but that was how you saved for retirement. Uh, it was like the, you know, I don't know if it it wasn't the great depression. I think it was after that where people were basically struggling and the government came and said, you know, having that gold is illegal and it's basically messing with the markets. Here's social security. Here's, here's a like a money. Here's like a, a retirement plan for you. Just turn in your gold and, and we'll pay for it. They bought, they bought everybody's gold. I think it was like thirty five dollars an ounce or something. And then less than I think three months later, after the, the deadline that you were supposed to sell or it was gonna be a felony to possess, gold like went to it tripled. It went to like eighty five dollars an ounce. Wow. You know, so so the it was very suspicious that the government was you know, yeah, they, they kinda knew the what money. was going yeah. on here.
1: Well, inside trading, as the old saying goes.
5: But how crazy is that though that gold was Thirty five dollars it, an ounce back then, no, 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 damn.
1: The, but the mind boggling is that it was confiscated and it was illegal. So now, can a government then say if you hold Bitcoin, it's illegal, and if you like, we, you catch with Bitcoin, you're going to be arrested and you're going to go to prison? Um, yeah, they could do that. Well, that's what the, that's what I liked. But what Rand Paul says, I think it's taking away our focus, and uh, and we need to focus on our freedoms.
5: Yeah, and, but big Bitcoin is freedom. That's, Matt, I, don't, I don't know if, I feel like Ron Paul, well, I don't know what Ron Paul's stance is on Bitcoin. It would be kind of interesting. I'm he, sure he, he's he into feels, it.
1: He feels that he didn't know much about enough to talk about it. Mm. But remember, as, as he said, he was one of the components of trying to bring gold back to us. Yeah. So he's been into that financial uh, conversation oh, no, for uh, a long he's, time.
5: Yeah, no, That that was kind of one of the, you know, his Federal Reserve... Uh, breakdowns were kind of what got me a little bit woken up back when in the Ron Paul Revolution days, two thousand twelve or we'll whatever. Forget
1: what that old man did <clears throat> as a as a representative. He he was the original Donald Trump. He's the guy that shook up the the establishment. That guy did a good job, man.
5: Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know if I mean Donald Trump's like a populist, uh, you know, where well, Ron his- Paul is like a fundamental principled you know, all the things that you want in a representative of, of your country, he 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 represents, you know, he's going to say things that should be said. He's going to push on things that he should push because, yeah. like, he wanted to audit the Fed for, I oh. don't know how long it was, 10 years, you know, they, and, and they, they still, I don't think they still ever audited it, <laughs> fuckers.
1: Ah, dude, you got, made me lose my thought about Mr. Ron Paul, but um, anyways, I, I, I believe that he and and what i meant by comparing him to trump is that he was going against the establishment my friend and he he was another gentleman as you said because from what i heard he had some rallies that were pretty large mm-hmm. he had some pretty big crowd yep. and he was there during the occupy he was yeah so i'm i'm just saying that i think that he was fighting against the establishment and he he paid a heavy price for it where there's rumors that even his son was used to dethrone him. You
5: You're know? killing me with these tangents, though, buddy. Uh, so the Russia stuff. Back to Russia. Come on, man. Focus. So we're going to be in a three-front war pretty quick. And what I'm seeing now is the BRICS uh, economic threat is almost a red herring, like a distraction from the actual alliance a military alliance that is developing in the BRICS. It's not a... People look at it as... Oh, it's economic competition to the dollar. And oh, man, you know... No. no. I saw China go to Iran and Saudi Arabia and work a deal out. Yep. Okay. Who's Iran's number one enemy? Israel. Okay. No, You know... So, already, Iran now has the green light to go. Because guess what? China wants Taiwan russia wants ukraine so what's going to end up happening is what happens if all of them do that at the same time so we're going to defend israel defend ukraine and defend taiwan all at the same time when we can't even do the ukraine one
1: look my my opinion you know for me if it was true what you're saying right now and if um do you really believe the way our administration is speaking now? Who is in power? That if Israel actually got attacked, do you think that they would actually go defend it? Because everyone, from my assumption right now, who is in power, I don't believe they believe in all that. We've had, a, a, you know, anyways, that's what I believe. And now, what if they want to entice us to get us into a war? I don't know. I think the Taiwanese one is going to be bigger issue with us because we have actually a lot of money invested with them, we have a lot of trade with them, we we we've, I mean as a manufacturer, as a machinist, as an inspector, mm-hmm. I've been seeing, a, I have I've had to inspect or see people inspect a lot of products that come from Taiwan, and I'm going to tell you right now they're good at it, yeah, they're really good at it. I think they, they it's going to be like Poland. They there's there's an interest there, but I think that's what's going to get us into war. I don't think the attack on Israel will get us into war. I think the attack on Taiwan will.
5: But what happens if Syria, Hezbollah, Lebanon, Iran, who knows who else, Egypt, all these other countries in that area that are already pissed off at the the U.S. and Israel? Have you ever seen the documentary of the Six-Day War? Yeah. Now they have – you love that thing. You love to bring that up. Uh, now they have a unified alliance that doesn't have to worry about dealing in dollars anymore. Yeah. Cause that was the whole they weaponized the dollar so that you know you gotta <clears throat> you gotta toe the line and be a good boy over there and not mess with Israel, otherwise we're gonna like you know, you know, basically cut you off of your dollar. And now there, there's an option for them and you know, I was hearing we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, China and Russia both are going around to these BRICS countries and uh, dissolving their debt. So, like, if Brazil owed Russia money, Russia's saying you don't owe us anything anymore. You know, well, uh, they did, did that. Iran, yeah, China did it with Iran. So, I don't know, man. Did, well, it's going to be a proxy. The Prime
1: Minister of It'll Brazil, um, in his last speech, how Germans and NATO are trying to, we're trying to get Brazil to to any up, like, help out with the war.
4: Mm-hmm. And then
1: he's like, no, these people are evil. They want war. He's aligned himself with Russia and China because they're seeking peace. Wow. They're trying to negotiate to get out of this war. And he's like, why am I going to go with the U.S.? And these people want the war. How crazy You is talk that? to people, they, they want to get my country involved in their war. No, I'm going to align myself with a country that's seeking peace. And wow, you, you're you looking at this. Now, what do you think China told Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia, we've been giving the money for years, and it was a, a, a big disp- argument point in our country about the money that was given to Saudi Arabia. Now, Saudi Arabia gave us the finger and said, no, we're going with Russia and China now. Now we're accepting their money as our oil. What did they offer them that made them not be? I mean, obviously, the Saudis don't need our money. Right, they're very wealthy. Mm-hmm. What did they need? Our arms. Now they're going to China. Goes okay. China goes and Russia goes. Look it. we'll supply you with the arms.
5: I know. Uh, I've talked a lot about this with the guy at work, and he always brings up uh, the control of the water. You know, like how the that's one of the strengths of the petrodollars. We got giant ships floating around everywhere, protecting the shipping lanes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so that is an issue. I don't know how China and Russia and all these countries, these BRICS countries are going to get around that type of situation. Cause we could just, uh, what's that called where you uh, it's not embargo, but um, where you basically block off, literally block off the ports of these countries and, and you know, that are doing business with the BRICS, you know, our, are, are. but then how are you going to do that? If you're fighting, you know, three different proxy wars at once, you know, it's,
1: and and not to mention, we'll see what along happens. Along these so a lot of these countries, their ports are brand new, built by China. So, it the United States would actually be attacking a Chinese thing, you know?
5: Yeah, that my angle on all that is, it'll always be a proxy war. It won't ever be like China won't ever directly go to war with Taiwan. Uh, you know, it'll be some sort of like. It would be a skirmish or like maybe North, you know, someone's going to go go uh, cause some trouble. Maybe it's not China that does it, but. I, I,
1: I feel there's different things. If China's going to produce things and they want to be the producers of the world, they need consumers. We're the biggest consumers in this country. They have an interest, a vested interest for us to stay up afloat. I don't know. And I'm curious if they're just trying to create more different customers so they don't have to be relying on us as customers,
5: yeah, why not mm-hmm. for sure i mean uh you know if i don't know we'll we'll see what happens we got um that uh I kind of call that that lagarde interview uh where she got faked out by those guys. Mm. Uh, And she brings up, this is Christina Lagarde from the, I think the IMF. And she got, she (laughs) got faked out by these guys acting like, uh, what's his name? Zelensky. They were acting like they were (laughs) the Ukrainian Zelensky president. And they literally got her on zoom to say all these things that she should never have said. And one of them in particular, that's the biggest one for me that fits in pretty well with all this is uh. I think she said November or October, the CBDCs uh, will be implemented. You know, like it's just already planned that they're wow. coming in the fall. And then when you look at this, the, the bond structure, you know, that's one of the reasons people were talking about Bitcoin going to a million dollars is because we got, I think, Dang. two months, two months before those bonds that are all underwater right now because of the interest rates uh, mature and people can actually get their money uh back out we got two months till that point so if if banks start having troubles they have to make it through this next two months otherwise there's there's really no help for them uh i don't know we'll see what happens i'm
1: scary dude
5: it's it's not uh, too bad but it's gonna be pretty interesting i yeah. have to say i do like this article too and then i'm kind of done with the world war three stuff do you see this one texas dairy explosion leaves at oh, least yeah. eighteen thousand cattle dead and one person critically injured. This is in Texas. And, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, cattle farms exploding. But Makes do you, sense.
1: Do you think it has to do anything with, with Governor Abbott came out that Texas, this last month, outproduced Saudi Arabia and all the other countries of oil being taken out of their well? They, they produced more oil out of one state than these nations have produced in one month. It's amazing, dude.
5: Yeah the um i remember uh yeah under Trump we were exporting we had so much we, we, were, we were producing we so were much we were
1: independent yep. we have the capabilities yep. but we obviously have these um these other interests who again you have a president who's a billionaire that only job he's ever had was a government job and he's a billionaire yeah. how did he become a billionaire
5: i mean <laughs> The joke's always that this is China Joe. You know, that's always been the the original joke of this guy. And when you look at what's happening to our country with the strategic oil reserves, the depletion of our ammunitions, our military spread out everywhere, people hate us. Our culture is, like, degenerating into, uh, like, a you know, a pregnancy flight suits for our uh, Air Force people, you know, so we're going to, like, be going against... Uh, hardened you know russians that are wrestling bears in the fucking snow and we're gonna have our uh you know rainbow pregnancy jumpsuits for our airmen you know like this is this is what we're looking at here and to me it's pretty freaking obvious that either someone or all of them are selling us out at this point making us man. nice when, and juicy and weak uh do
1: you think that do you think that that's why like not cool man uh tracy Gaber gabber wasn't didn't get any momentum because if you actually get a person into office that actually has military experience, they think about it. They're, they say that when George Bush Sr. sent you know, the first Desert Storm, the reason he didn't let them in there for so long, good or bad, he is a combat veteran. He knew what he was sending them there. He would say that. I know who was sending in there. And I brought him back. Remember, it was only a couple of months. I'm getting them out of there real quick. And people made, made people accuse that when the second Bush was in there was to pretty much finish what his dad didn't finish. But the question was that there is no conscience in any of our politicians because none of them have ever served in the military, never been shot at nothing. They, they have no concept for our military, dude. That's why they want pregnant flight suits, they can put anybody in combat, because these idiots, they've never had to lift up their hand for anything. I mean, it's it's interesting Mm -hmm. what they're implementing. Obviously, because if you're going to war, would you want that? Would you want what they're offering you? No. I don't even know what they're offering me. Dude, they're basically sending our (sighs) soldiers to die.
5: I know. Like, what are you even offering me? You're not offering me safety. No. I don't even feel safe in my own country because I feel like there's going to be some librarian coming with a vaccine needle like jeez you know tell me i can't come out of my house well, like I, got- that's i'm more worried about that than i am russians <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's like what are we talking about here huh
1: yep jeez oh dude uh that was good
5: you know uh that was good i don't have good uh a good little info sheet on it but i was reading i think it's paul revere uh paul revere's uh anniversary when he kind of did that oh wow uh, did that ride to the kind of, are
1: coming. The sort of
5: warn everybody. The funny thing I was reading about, it. I was going to try to do just a little kind of history thing, you know, this week, but I never got to it. But when I was reading through it, gosh, how did it go? But basically when he went to the first city and now I can't even remember what city it was. Everybody's going to get mad at me. But the people that he met up with that he rode out with to go to, I think Concord was the next city he was going to go to, to warn him. It was uh, one of George Bush's relatives is a Prescott. So, you yeah, know, they've heard that name. Prescott. Yeah, the press Prescott uh, is uh, the, the he was involved in like World War Two, you know, Nazi type stuff. But that Prescott name goes all the way back to Paul Revere. And th- that Prescott is the Bushes.
1: <laughs> wow.
5: And I'm like, what? I don't know. I, well, <clears throat> I meant to do a little more digging on that well, before I, mean, I talked about it. But it was just, what but it, but it
1: makes sense, brother, man, that there is lineage like that in certain Americans. Jeez, that's monarchy crap. Dude, we've, we've heard that the Bushes were the ones that went into Saudi Arabia and basically taught them how to drill for oil. Yeah. They basically set that whole thing up. <clears> throat> that throat> was the rumors they were going through during the 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 second Bush Whew. invasion.
5: Mm. Okay, well uh we're kinda we're, I'm running up into my weird news area, so let's get into that. It's kinda more of just the news rundown. I'd probably just read headlines and
1: I still I still like to, to play know that what you testimony want. of the Oh the de D transitioning person. It's it's very insightful. Yeah.
5: How is it a? they're usually pretty they're like literal testimonies, so they're long. She usually. tries
1: to do a quick one. Nice. But um if, Oh know, was I, that
5: the no agenda one? No. Did, did you a, hear
1: that? It may be the same one. I didn't hear did you, it. Did, was oh, it Katie Lemon?
5: No, but no agenda. They one have hadn't. they have their uh what do they call it? It's like their trans no agenda trans. Like it's their sponsored trans dude, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, yeah. and he's been literally writing to them for ten years yes, or something, yes. right? It's that something guy he doesn't write, yes. He wrote in, dude. You got to listen to because it it's in the b- very beginning of the show. I think last episode on No Agenda, but dude, he he goes straight into like how terrible his life is now and how he wouldn't wish this on anybody. He's got like all these uh, like autoimmune issues because of the hormones. Oh, here can't they, can't orgasm. Like, has all, like, just a mess. Here you go. You know? It's really scary. Here you go. Try to get purpose, guys. Find God. That's what you need.
1: I don't know why it's not. Do you have me up or low?
5: Yeah. You good.
1: Why it's not playing anymore?
5: I'm going to do this just to mess with you. For a fact,
4: this report sucks. Mm -hmm. Very poorly done.
5: Uh, I'll, I can uh, cover for you here. I got uh, check this out, Gateway Pundit. Uh, robot dogs join NYPD. So now the Boston Dynamics robot dogs are patrolling the streets. They
1: erased my sound
5: in NYPD.
1: They erased my sound.
5: You've been canceled, bro. Motherfudgers. Um, they blocked
1: her testimony.
5: Ooh, speaking of testimony, check this out. Uh, So the SEC chair, uh, Gary Gensler, was getting his uh, butt slammed at the um, congressional uh, hearing here. This is Majority Whip Rep. Tom Emmer. And I actually subscribe to this guy for the
8: fire that he spits at this. Listen to this. Us to get through as many as possible, sir. From your perspective, is it more difficult now for the digital asset industry to access financial products and services in the United States than it was, say, two years ago?
5: Guy uh, can't answer nothing. Sir, by I, the I, way,
8: I'm not running one of those businesses. This if is they the came expert into compliance. I think I'm reclaiming that would be my it. time. The answer, sir, is yes. Do you think you and the SEC have had a role to play in that? I think we have a role to protect the American investor and the capital markets. and the, Reclaiming the- my time, sir. You have played an <laughs> obvious a-
7: role. In that. awesome.
8: During your tenure Reclaiming at the SEC, my time. how many rules has the SEC finalized that actually accommodate the existing regulatory framework and are specifically to the digital in- asset industry so the crypto market can come into compliance? It's our rule books that are on the books for years, so we have not finalized any new rule specifically with regard to crypto. We've proposed some things in best execution. We've also... uh Sir, reclaiming my time, the answer is zero. And how many enforcement actions has the SEC levied against digital asset companies during your tenure, sir? I think it's probably 40 or 50. The answer, sir, is about 55. My understanding is that the biggest crypto failure in history is probably FTX at $9 billion. Were you the chairman of the SEC when FTX collapsed? Yes. And how many times did you meet with FTX prior to their collapse? I think my public record shows two. You met with FTX at least twice. And arguably, the second biggest crypto failure in history was Terra Luna. Who was the chairman of the SEC when Terra Luna collapsed, sir? We had brought... uh, You were, sir, reclaiming my time. You were. There are five members on the commission. Do you believe your speeches and interviews are to serve as the official position of the SEC? There, uh, I can only speak for myself when I'm speaking. Again, sir, in a statement on the SEC website, you are quoted saying the Kraken staking as a service enforcement action should make clear to the marketplace that staking as a service providers must register. But again, you haven't provided any rules for how that can be done. I must remind you. Your public statements are not regulations. It's not responsible to expect the American people to assume your statements are a substitute for rules. Do you agree with this statement regarding the digital asset industry? The SEC needs additional congressional authorities to prevent transactions, products, and platforms from falling between the regulatory cracks. I think that it's a largely non-compliant field. Sir, again, I I asked you to comply with my uh, questions, and I'm asking you if you agree with that quote. And I'm going to tell you, I'm quoting you from an August 3rd, 2021 article where you, uh, and I I believe you told uh, Congressman Hill earlier that you need congressional authority to regulate state.
5: So Gensler proceeds to get just uh, yelled at for probably three hours straight by at least 10 different congressmen. Most of them are very hostile towards him uh in regards to his inability to uh give any guidance on crypto regulations for people to actually move forward you know make a decision on if it's going to be a legitimate asset or not and uh it's it just was it's very obvious that he's blocking for the banks you know he's uh he's either giving them oh, dude. a little extra time to kind of get get with crypto because the thing you notice I I've noticed is they're not going to ban crypto. Almost every large banking institution is developing a crypto cu- custody or crypto something. They all got their departments and crypt with crypto. So they're not, it's not going away and it's very obvious that he's just basically stalling trying to like, you know, keep it under control as long as they can until they can kind of, you know, get their mitts in it is what it seems like. I'm to sorry
1: me. guys. I'm just, Puzzled because I I'm being live right now. My clip is being yeah. marked and it won't play. And before I left the house, I made sure all my clips were playing. It was that the, tranger, the tangerine. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening to this. I'm puzzled that I we at live right now. We got um, what do you call it, flagged, dude? My sound of that clip of that lady, the the the, 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 tranger, tranger, the tangerine can't even say the word anymore.
5: <laughs> Don't even try.
1: Dude, I think I'm, I'm I figured, pissed off.
5: Dude. Uh, I, uh, relax. Put your phone down, buddy. Focus on the show. I'm pissed off. You're killing the show here.
0: Dude, I'm pissed I'm off, off right city now. city emits comes from
5: food. I figured out why they blew up the cows just now. Check it out.
1: I'm ticked off right
0: now. One in every five metric tons oh. of carbon dioxide our city emits comes from food. Where's the science? But all food is not created equal.
4: Yeah. The
1: vast majority, majority We of need
0: to get rid of food. Uh, that is contributing to our emission crisis lies in meat and dairy products.
5: There you go. Boom. <laughs> he is a vegan. Guess have, could you guess?
1: Have you seen the footage of the kids just dumping the food in the trash cuz they won't eat it? They say it smells funny, it doesn't taste good. It's the same thing that when the Obamas was in and they were re, re, uh, restricting the amount of food our kids were getting in high school. Remember that they were starving. They were showing videos that our kids were actually going starving where they're trying to implement Michael's, uh, Mike's, uh, Big Mike's uh, diet plan. Don't you remember in 2009, 2010? This isn't new, bro. They've been doing this shit, sorry, this stuff to us for a while now.
5: Dude, you guys, this is so hilarious. Um, Primetime. Alex Stein. I haven't seen this. Did you hear about it? No. Okay, so the, every everybody kind of probably knows about these uh, where you basically pay someone and they'll use their voice and, like, give you a either a, a shout-out. Uh, oh, what is it called? Not encore. Uh,
1: oh, we, I know what you're we you were gonna, like 500 bucks. Yeah, We whatever. were going to do
5: it with a couple people. But this Dylan Mulvaney guy has one of those. And primetime with Alex Stein paid him money to give him a pep talk for his transitioning process to be a, a, a female swimmer. Remember, remember when he went to the city council yes. hall, uh, Alex Stein went to the city council hall with a uh, man. I should have that queued up, but he's basically yelling at the city council that he just got out of the, the, the girls uh, swim meet and they won't let him swim there because they say he's a man, but he's actually transitioning and it's not fair. <laughs> he like he pulls his uh, robe off and he's got like a onesie on him.
1: Yes, yes. so awesome. Do I look like a man? Do I? <laughs> I'm hot.
5: But he got her to, uh, or him or it, to uh, give him like a, uh, now I can't remember what it's called. Dang it. Cameo. There you go. It says it right there. Just
8: be- Compete against the ladies. Why are you saying that I'm not a biological woman? Clearly, I look like a biological woman. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's been hours tucking this thing in. Give me a break. I should be able to swim. And I'm on so much hormone therapy, I don't even know left or right anymore. So I'm doing this. I don't have an unfair advantage. No way.
3: Just keep swimming, swimming. This is the cameo. Alex, hi, it's Dylan Mulfaney. From TikTok, um, that was the little swimming song from uh, Finding Nemo. Because you're a swimmer, and babe, you are killing it. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> oh man,
1: that's funny. I don't know it why just I proved proved that, that so funny. This, this Dylan guy will do anything for money. Yeah, it just proves he's just another whatever. Well too. To me too. After to him now,
5: what it really shows, you know, kind of sitting here after you said that, I'm thinking, it really shows you how we are so siloed in our own little echo chambers. Like this dude does not know about Alex Stein, like trolling AOC. He's trolled all these people. How do you not know about this guy?
1: Because he doesn't want to know about him.
5: But yeah, I think it's just because we get, you know, we get into our own little. Groups and our own little bubbles, and this guy is encircled
1: like I told you, Salty said, This guy's encircled with yes people or yes men, <laughs> as they used to say, encircled. And as soon as, like, when um, O'Keefe found him at the Beverly Hills Hotel, the guy breaks down. And now there's videos against Dylan Moven where there's TikTok fellow TikTokers that are now making videos making fun of him, dude. It's hilarious how this. Dylan goes after them now, okay? Because he gets so shooken up. Because remember, his whole idea is sitting on a house of cards, man.
5: It is the 10-year anniversary to the Boston bombing, if anybody remembers wow, that. Oh, that fast already? Yeah, and it's the 30-year anniversary to the Waco uh, murders. Yeah,
1: a lot. And mm,
5: that that's... That's a good one. That's Janet that Reno and all that, that stuff. You see that
1: photo of that officer standing in front of it while the back of the house is burning and smoking, and one of the ATF guys just posing like, "Look, we did a good job, dude."
5: So, do you remember? I don't. I feel like I don't remember much about that. I remember like the standoff. They were well, Christians, right?
1: Well, it was supposed to be a cult. And yeah, he but was the leader, but, and he can hump all the ladies. The same thing. Uh, I know he can all, hump that. The ladies I all that. I remember all that. But they
5: hump your lady. Were they Christians? That's the part. It's like, how is that not in my brain? I remember all the things you're saying, but I don't remember. Were they like, like Christians? Or, well, they claimed they read the Bible. Or, that he was their,
1: he was their. David Koresh was their Messiah. He was the Messiah reincarnated. That's so how he sold himself to them. And then all of a sudden, remember, they started buying large amount of guns, large amount of this. And then they started claiming that they were holding people there against their That's will. That's what
5: it was. I remember that, too. Okay. that they had children, children. and families. They are beating like children. Yeah.
1: Yes. And then he was starting to have a lot of kids with married, the married women. There's a lot of stuff. They called it a cult or whatever, but it, it was interesting how it all went out. That guy wanted to go out in the blaze of, of glory. That because he could have surrendered, he could have walked out to help the people, but no, he didn't do it, and remember they have video where the a t f got onto the roof and they were throwing you don't remember those videos bro no but things I, inside I
5: read like a whole article about it
1: I remember when it they, happened they was t- they were televising
5: it yeah they said they shot like four hundred canisters well, <laughs> into yeah, the, said, yeah they were they were running it uh running like using a tank to like you know run over the building and
1: and and like i said i remember uh, that i remembered it quite a quite it was a big deal because they were they were comparing it to ruby ridge they were comparing it to all the other assass- uh, annihilation our government had done to its civilians our 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 you know
4: yeah
5: um we i'm just going to go off, i'm just going to go ahead and skip the uh chicago evil of last weekend
1: but the poor couple dude that couple yeah and did you and, uh, and uh, good Samaritan and what she heard at the police department? It was interesting.
5: Yep. Um, this this is funny though. Stravos, how funny, Caius? He's in Chicago. He's a fellow.
11: Down, huh?
0: Nice to be here. This is sick.
5: This might be the Chicago. end of the show. Great too.
0: town, really nice town. Yeah. Kind of place where a fat man is respected yeah. in this town. <laughs> You know what I mean? You guys have fat authority figures in the city. Man in a fat man in a suit. That You know what I mean? It's not played for comedic effector. No, he's a judge in Chicago. <laughs> I love it, dude. The kind of place you probably use, You guys probably use the word pipsqueak a lot. You know what I mean? Like, a skinny man, that's the fucking piece of shit in Chicago. <laughs> Pencilneck. You probably call people pencil neck. <laughs> What a great place. Yeah, it's nice. I'm sad your hilarious little mayor's got to go away. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> just, just visually one of the funniest people of all time. You know who he's talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really yeah. awesome. You'd think somebody that looks like that would have to be competent, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, you see someone like that, you're like, well, obviously she must be the best politician and mayor of all time. <laughs> you got to be, like, technically a savant to reach, to reach this high a level. Surely you can't be just a horrendous mayor and look, look that funny as well. <laughs> Like on paper, you ha- like okay. For example, my doc—I have a sexy doctor, right? My doctor's a hot. He's a piece of ass. I'll be honest. And I go to the doctor, and I was like, "Hey, I'm not feeling great. I'm like, can I just do like a physical?" He's like, "Yeah, great." And so I'm like, "All right, can you give me the results?" He's like, "No problem. I'll call you." It's like, "All right, that's kind of weird. You're gonna call me?" I- so he calls me, and he's like, "You're all good." And I'm like, "What? What do you mean I'm all good? Can I see? Can I see like a printout?" Can I? He's like, "Nah, you're you're all set. No worries. You're no no problems." So I'm like. Come on, there's, something's up, you know what I mean? Like, I, but that's the thing, he's sexy, right? A sexy person doesn't have to be good, right? They get, they get by, right? Like, I want a fucked up look. Like, if you had to pick a doctor, you would want someone who is, honestly, you would pick somebody that look, that has gone through adversity, right? You would pick a little bug-eyed black lesbian, you know what I'm saying, like, you would pick someone who society treats bad. Because you'd think if she can get through med school, she must be the best doctor of all time. And that's what I would think in terms of politics as well, right? And then shout out to Lori Lightwood, just like, nah, you can be like ugly and fucking bad at your job and succeed. So in many ways, I'm sad to see her go as as like a scion for the stupidest and ugliest in society. Yeah, the new guy.
5: Geez. what he's basically saying that uh it's the same dude What this it's the same it's the same attitude huh same thing. Yeah they're they're not they're not uh blaming the uh no, attackers they're no, blaming the the lack of opportunity the culture that these and, kids
1: have mm-hmm. and they since of that then they have no hope and so that's why they decide that's why it was okay to Amazing huh to beat up a interracial couple
5: yeah, that's probably why they did it.
1: Oh, and yep. they weren't attacking the black dude; they were beating up the girl. Well, I think. And what's interesting to they me, they would have the black guy they too. To Finally, start talking. No, no, he started. Do you hear the story?
5: Yeah, okay. I I watched it. Okay, they 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 would literally the the bystander had to uh, flag the cops because they were beating yeah, that kid that in the street. She
1: was a boy. The cops were driving around her. Saw her, she, she went and grabbed the couple, mm-hmm. put her in the car, took him to the precincts, and said. This is happening because yeah, we this Braggs guy whatever we've got in, he's allowing it.
5: Cuz she she says in this but then, this interview that uh, as soon as he turned around to kind of help like basically say hey, who touched her? That was when they all went after him. That's what he says in here, but I
1: But this is now interesting, brother man, mm-hmm. because these people now believe that all this stupid things that their teachers are told them about racial and races and everything they believe they're being vindicated. And I don't understand how we're going backwards where now segregation is being talked about. Where people want to be segregated. It blows my mind because I've gone through school all my life and they <laughs> talked against this. So what we're gonna have now? Jim Crow back again? I I mean. It's amazing, brother Man. You know no, nobody
5: You know, the government forced people to do that. They forced the integration. You know, it's not like people were, like, demanding that. You know what I mean? It was the government stepping in, going. No, no,
1: no, that's not true. You remember the marching of Martin Luther King? It was no government. It was him. He was talking about we wanted to bear. Equal rights.
5: Not not, uh, let's mix everybody equally. No,
1: I just have, (laughs) I'm a human, and if I want to go into Denny's and eat, I want to sit there and eat. Yeah. But see, now they've taken this out any further. So now, and what's so interesting is that I knew people that left California and they were afraid. They were, I know mixed couples that when they moved, they had to really make sure that the city they're moving in today, that it would be safe for a mixed race couple. I think this is just, I don't know, my friend.
5: I've told you the story at least three times now on the show. I work at a very large company with a large, uh, lunch yard where people are outside eating. And, you know, I walk out there every day, you know, there's hundred people sitting in that lunch area. And when you look at the tables, guess what? All the same types of people are at each table and there is no table with mixed people. Actually, there is one table with mixed, uh, ethnics people is it's the managers, all the managers sit together and they're kind of different everybody else though it's all the you know and it's and it's really cut and dry i mean you well, can see it as you're walking out and it doesn't you, you and then you ask yourself oh are they all racist no, they just want to hang out with the people they're comfortable with, that you you understand and that you kind of like but can I, vibe with. It doesn't mean that you hate the other table. It just means sto- like you're more comfortable. But then, then I the- have
1: the story, What's wrong with people? When, I brought, when you came to the table and the people thought at the table that I brought you to the table. <laughs> this is about 15, 17 years ago. Yeah. And the table was full of, I guess you could say, I never noticed it, but it was full of Hispanic people at the table. <laughs> And Hollywood is way the opposite. He's a redhead white dude, okay? And when I brought him to the table... Ginger, I me. actually had guys say, what the hell are you bringing this guy here for? <laughs> what do we have in common with him? And some people left the table, and now they considered Hollywood as one of their friends. So it's interesting to me. But see... This is what I'm saying. They 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 want us divided like this so that we can't come together and find that we actually have a lot in common. We have the same interests. We have it. Now, you try and pull Hollywood off that table, everybody say, hey, hey, what the, hey, hey, hey. He's a part of the table now.
5: I don't know, though. I just, I wonder, you know, that the forced mixing, I think, is what is the issue. You know, where you're, you know,
1: I don't know. I just, it's... The problem is, brother, that the people who are working in the forced mixing, the directors and all that, just like the people who are in charge of the homeless things, are making a lot of money. And so they... Yeah. I remember...
5: I was just thinking like the bus, you know when they're busing kids... Around like like bussing uh, black kids out of areas and into the white schools and white kids into the black schools and like this was like this was supposed because to be because it some, was
1: cheaper because if they but were this gonna, was
5: supposed to fix everything no, this was to equalize all the issues did, That's that was the whole, right I, I thought well, that was the whole issue why
1: not why didn't they choose to fund both the schools the black kids school and the white kids school the equal amount of money no instead what they did was they just put them all into one. Thing. So we're gonna continue giving mm-hmm. good money to this uh, mm-hmm. this school right here.
5: So it was a funding the, thing. But the black
1: school gotcha. one, we're gonna continue ignoring it
5: gotcha. because
1: n- now why are we gonna fund it when all the good students, good black kids students, are already going to this school? And we've known that we mm. we I we've grown up in the, I I grew up in a city. Oh jeez, hour fifty five. Keep going. City, I grew up in a city in Ventura <sighs> where there there's oh, there's a lot of things like that. It, it usually economics is what the lines get get drawn. Alright, put the song on. Nation! Dude, this is probably going to break a record. We're almost two hours. And Hollywood is very adamant that you guys' extent, uh, attention span doesn't last this long. Mm-hmm. Okay, But I, I know better. I know the crowd that listens to Good Time Culture podcast is a smart crowd. And they've been asking for more than an hour and a half, but Difficult for me to convince Hollywood And the reason that I know Is because I asked you For one favor And the favor is That you please pray for Hollywood And I That's the secret to the success of this show And Hollywood and I will pray for you Guys it's working You're seeing the cracks Everywhere Their lines their stories Are falling apart Okay Okay and I really think that Rand DeSantis is going to be our next president. I just have a feeling. But I might be wrong. I've been wrong many other times. But, I don't know. I just think that he might be the guy. But, I am so glad that everyone tuned in. Please tell a friend about the Good Time Culture Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at OG Dog or OG Dog at Good Time Culture Podcast. And I'll see you guys next week. God willing. Bye. Nice. <laughs> we love
5: you guys. Uh, thanks for listening to the end. A shout out to all the longtime listeners. We're probably missing you now since our RSS feed's all busted up. But uh, this is still in process, so we're still working through it.
1: Hollywood, are we going to announce our, our our meetup?
5: Oh, we do have a meetup. Yeah, let's do that. Stop the press. Stop the music we got a meetup on the end of the month here, if anybody's local or Ventura County. It is on the 29th of April at 12 o'clock at Institution Ale in Camarillo, California. It's Ventura County. Um, Come on down and check it out. Uh, Yeah, we're going to be supposedly just talking no agenda, but we'll probably just be uh, shooting the shit, talking about. Current events and all that stuff too. Maybe even bring a little microphone down there. I don't know. And
1: you will not be judged because of your opinion. Um, I'll judge you. Well, Hollywood's he's he's a new Christian, so he still judges people, all right? But, but it me, doesn't.
5: It, what what I what, it doesn't matter what judgment I make, but I still will judge you.
1: Yeah. The, well,
5: but just don't worry about it.
1: As, when you guys finally meet you, you guys will find out. You know exactly who's the, the big-hearted guy.
5: Right. <laughs> but yeah as uh mud dogs uh aka uh my aka is the uh the lovable bigot i am a bigot for <laughs> jesus 100%, I so. said that in a hundred percent yeah uh, i'm the number one beaner. i think it's the only uh bigotry i have is for jesus so um, <laughs> uh, you can't change my mind on that one people that's what that means but uh we'll be back next week doing this again um we are your favorite spicy Christians out here on the West Coast, of California, trying to uh, trying to keep the culture war alive out here. And uh, it feels kind of like there's not much uh, resistance out here on the West Coast, but we are your resistance. So, and we will be here next week, exposing evil and praising God, guys. We love you, and uh, God loves you.
4: Talk to you, Lord. Since the last time we talked, the walk has been hard. Now I know you haven't left me, but I feel
2: like I'm alone. I'm a big boy now, but I'm still not grown, and I'm still going through it. Pain
4: and a hurt, yeah. soaking up trouble like rain in a dirt. Yeah. And I know only I can stop the
10: rain with just a mention of my Savior's name. In the name of Jesus, devil, yeah, well, I rebuke you for what I go through.